I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 635 with a review of Borat's subsequent movie film, colon, delivery of prestigious bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. For, for some reason, it's much worse when you read it as if it were serious. It, it feels like even more offensive that way. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, here, we're talking about the latest film coming to Amazon Prime. Uh, so this is a free film for everybody who has Amazon Prime. It is the follow-up to whatever the year was, uh, the 2006 um, film, Borat. Uh, so yeah, before we get started, Stephen... Say the full name... Uh, oh, I don't have the full name of the original one in front of me. Uh, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Yes. Um, so, Stephen, what did you think of that film back in 2006 when that came out? I mean, it feels like an eternity ago when that came out. It's kind of like, it's up there with Anchorman in terms of movies that became so widely quoted by people for so long. That yeah. The fact that there is a real movie under the hood was almost lost on me. Like, I forgot because of how long it's been um <laughs> like i love lamp for example like i know there was a movie called anchorman but the guy who quotes i love lamp and san diego and stuff like that is like a whole archetype now yeah, uh, yeah. and borat is the same way you know people who say my wife or the not joke um it's become a cultural thing that is only like peripherally related to the movie but i went back and kind of remembered uh, my experience of watching it and i saw it in a packed theater which is the ideal way to see that movie. And I just remember it getting progressively more insane and cringy until by the end when there's the famous like naked fight scene that happens, people in the audience <laughs> were screaming. Uh, and yeah. I'm not sure that I've had many movie experiences like that where people were so vocally uncomfortable during a movie. Uh, so it left a mark. It definitely left an impression on me. <laughs> yeah um i don't remember whether it was borat or bruno but one of those movies i was definitely inebriated while i watched it um yeah. it could have been both i don't remember um but yeah I, I i in my head i remember liking the original borat film like i i at the time i thought it was it was clever and it was an interesting way to try to do like a takedown of american society by yeah having a character who is a fish out of water play the straight man in a world where everything he's doing is not the straight man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that was a great premise. And I think when it was coming out, I was excited to see it. And when I left the theater, I was happy to have seen it. Um, so that brings me to the follow-up question. What was your thought going into the sequel, Stephen? I, I mean, I was really curious because, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, obviously, he had a big career before Borat, but in the U.S., especially since then, he's become kind of known for the shtick, right? You mentioned uh, Bruno. He also had movies that were more like mockumentary all the way to full just narrative films uh, like The Dictator, for instance. Um, yeah. And that kind of became a sort of household name, the shtick that he does. Uh, and then, I don't know about you, but for me, when Who is America came out on Showtime, that felt very refreshing for me because it was like extremely biting 
pointed satire that he was doing at American yeah. politics and the behavior of Americans in a way that made Borat feel just overly goofy by comparison. I, you know, it was much older. So I think it was a little bit more tame in the way that it criticized people. And so going into this movie, I was wondering, is this going to be a pointed political satire like who is America or is this going to be more goofiness? And the trailer seemed more goofy. So I, I didn't know, like, are we, are we past the age of Borat? Like, is it okay that he's doing that fake Kazakh voice? Like these are questions (laughs) that I, I still don't have answers to. And I certainly didn't when I was preparing to watch it. Yeah. 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 I think for me, when it was announced, I feel like it wasn't too long ago that normal people started like tweeting photos of seeing Borat in his, like his Borat costume or, um, stupid foreign correspondent or whatever the costume is in the in the store that he goes to um yeah they they had seen him around the cities and that was started going around and then i started seeing actual news stories about this film coming out and that that piqued my interest like i was like okay another borat let, let's do this um i think when the first trailer came out i was maybe less excited <laughs> mm-hmm. um it didn't there was something different about it and i wasn't really sure what i was going to get into so i i when I sat down to watch it, I was kind of like, okay, let's watch this weekend's movie. There's only one new thing that we're talking about, <laughs> and this is right. it. Let's just do it. Um, so I, I definitely wasn't excited, um, and I don't know how curious I actually was. I was mostly just like, all right, let's do it. Let's strap in and watch this thing. Yep. I, I kind of felt the same way. But then Buzz started circulating like in the hours before I watched it that made me be like, okay, this movie, <laughs> this movie might have some tricks up its sleeve. <laughs> you got hyped literally like as you're sitting there like oh god yeah, yeah. nice all right well let's find out Stephen, if uh that momentary hype right before watching it panned out for you um or if it didn't but uh we are going to take a listen to the trailer to borat subsequent movie film delivery of prestigious bride to american regime for make benefit once glorious nation of kazakhstan and then we're going to come back and give you a review I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee land to carry out secret missions. I go to America! What do you say? No, it's not me. People make recognize my face. I would need disguises. This man is a sex criminal? No, no sex for I will take this to be a fat <laughs> like American man. Yeah? This is a good one. <laughs> Where is his crumb? What is problem, officer? Got somebody that's strapped to the top of your car. He's in that passenger seat, boss. Only men and bears are allowed inside car. I'm here to give my daughter as a gift to someone close to the throne. I need dress with real sexy peels. Uh, this is a bag that just goes mm, over the dress. Very nice. I really like this. Let us present Sandra Jessica Parker Drummond. I want this one with the baby on it. Oh, oh, oh. I have a baby inside me. Can you take it out? No, we cannot. That's not what we do here. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. Did you ever put one in your daughter? 
No, I did not. Where is everybody? They're wanting everybody to quarantine so they don't spread this virus. Could I stay in your home? I hope quarantine mm-hmm. never ends. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? Democrats. Democrats. Besides uh, killing some of the virus. No, you can't see the virus. No, it's still there. If you think you see a virus go like that. This makes the virus sleepy. And then when it's sleeping... The daddy has a lot to learn. My daddy is the smartest person in the whole flat world. (laughs) While the risk of coronavirus remains low, as the president said yesterday, we're ready for anything. Michael Penis, I brought the girl for you. Borat's subsequent movie film... You fist me. Right. Now I fist you? Right, you what go. do you prefer? You fist me or I fist you? Same time. Fist each other. There, yes. you, go. there you go. All right. <laughs> so that was the trailer for Borat's subsequent movie film. I'm not going to do the whole thing this time. And uh, basically it is the follow-up to the uh, 2006 uh, film where Borat was... A basically, he was like a, a foreign uh, journalist who was coming to America to like see what was going on here. And uh, in the universe of this film, uh, that film existence did not do well for the nation of Kazakhstan, and everybody was pretty upset. So he is tasked with a new mission to go deliver a special gift to um, somebody in our government. And hopefully, in doing so, uh, he will bring new uh, glory to the nation of Kazakhstan. And uh, this is that journey that he goes on and the ebbs and flows of his mission there. (laughs) Stephen Miller, what did you think of Borat's subsequent movie film? Uh, So first, after uh, listening to the trailer, I have to say, I think I did not watch the trailer (laughs) beforehand. (laughs) uh, And I'm glad I didn't, because, again, it kind of hits pretty much every joke in the movie, or at least a lot of the cringy ones. Um, Yeah. What's interesting to me about this movie, and there's multiple things at play, right? We are in the election season, so tensions are already high. We're in quarantine, so my brain is broken already. (laughs) Um, There's a few things going on at the same time, but... This is simultaneously much more scripted than the first Borat movie, which is a thing that I ostensibly was not a fan of. Like the dictator, I was kind of like, okay, if you take away the real life aspect, what am I watching, you know? But I actually think the scripted bits make it very, very funny. Uh, I think it all works extremely well on me. And pretty much the moment the movie started, I was totally in on the Kazakhstan jokes on how horrible it is for Borat and his uh, (laughs) his people on the whole mission. Everything felt really funny to me. And I I don't exactly know why, because if this were like a B-movie saying like, here's a wacky satire about, you know, a man on a mission, it wouldn't work the same way. But the fact that it is fake plot points shoved up against a real character operating in the real world. For some reason, I just found it all hilarious. Um, someone eats a monkey in this movie, uh, and I thought that was extremely funny. Um, and there are even serious scripted bits that I think work, uh, like the relationship with Borat and his daughter Tutar is really a central theme in this movie. And even though I know they are made-up characters completely, there is a lot of, like, Heart is maybe a little bit of a strong word, but there's a lot of something there that is actually enjoyable to watch. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like, okay, okay, cut to the pranks, because why am I listening to two characters, you know, talk to each other? Um, 
Speaking of the daughter, I think a lot of the fun in the movie comes from that actress, uh, Maria Bakalova, being along to do the pranks. It gives it an extra air of kind of mischief that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen basically has someone else to do a lot of these things with him and for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever been audibly uncomfortable as much as this movie, including the original Borat. Um, certainly sitting at home watching a movie. Like, again, a lot of these are in the uh, the trailer, but still there's a scene at an alternative pregnancy center that had me making very loud noises. Um, there is a dance at a debutante ball, which, again, I, I was I was very uncomfortable in a funny, very happy way. Um especially there's an outfit that he dons when he's entering a synagogue <laughs> that just killed me. Um, <laughs> and that, even though I know, like, even these pranks, I don't know how much is scripted versus real. I don't know how in on it a lot of characters are. In fact, I knew already for the synagogue bit that the main woman was in on it because there had yeah. been some kind of news articles about her beforehand. And it didn't matter. Like, the... The cringe still worked on me. The hilarity of how uncomfortable a situation it was still completely worked. It, it's like it didn't matter whether he was exposing the way real people would behave or just setting up a fake scenario for me to cringe at. Um, it all worked very, very well. Uh, I think somehow I avoided the news stories from earlier this summer that had leaked about Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, particularly yeah. a line about chop him up like the Saudis do. <laughs> and that... <laughs> <laughs> like that had me like almost in tears watching it. It's just so everything is so much. And like, I don't think this is a great movie necessarily. I think this goes for some cheap shots. It isn't really satirizing that much about our culture. Like obviously it gets some Trump fans, the ridiculousness that they would talk about during the pandemic. You know, it has some political figures in this movie, but compared to like, who is America? I don't think this is saying all that much about who we are and the problems with our politics. I think this is really just a uproariously silly, very, very, very irreverent movie that feels like the mid 2000s, but it came out right now. <laughs> and something about it being during quarantine in a very serious time just made it like perfect for that i, I don't know I, I found it just hilarious the whole way through even when i think it's probably problematic and probably being lazy and <laughs> probably being scripted in places where it's playing it off as if it weren't scripted it it doesn't matter it, it just worked on me I, I think you could just remove the word probably from all those statements yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so i'm i'm definitely less hot on this film than you and less hot on this film than I I've heard chatter from around different places. Um, the, the few, the few places I've paid attention to since this has come out have all seemed pretty positive about it. And I, mm. I found the film, I, I just found it kind of lacking. I, I think what makes the original film great. And once again, it's been like 15 years or whatever since I've seen it. So I, I don't have the, the, the most perfect memory of it. But I think what makes it kind of interesting there is because of the character he is playing in that moment and the job that person is interacting with all the other people to do, there is an inherent relationship in which the people he talks to believe they are an authority on a thing. And he is a person who is just disconnected from the reality that that person lives in. And they have this relationship where that person is treating him a certain way because he is like essentially a diplomat, right? They're, they're trying to treat him with, with a level of 
not honor, but like they're, they're, they're trying to be as nice as possible to him. And he is trying to push the lines of what he can get them to say and what he can say that might be weird to those people. And I think by the nature of what that character was doing in that other film, it created an interesting way that people interact interacted that felt more true to who those people actually were. This film is changing. It's flipping that completely. He is still a person coming from another country, but he has this secret mission that has nothing to do with actually interviewing anybody. So he is not scheduling meetings with people who think they're in a serious interview. He is just supposedly interacting with various people around society, but there's not really a narrative through line to each of the people he interacts with. So they all felt like little micro skits that sometimes are funny and sometimes are not. And sometimes he keeps going like, like the fax machine guy, like he keeps going mm-hmm. back to that well to mine it for more. And it's, it, there, there's too many people that feel either like plants or like they're, they're too participatory of what is going on. Right. And, and that sort of like, I don't know that just made me, feel like this film lost what made the original one great um it is interesting though the way that the daughter character is a such a huge part of the story it's and it's not just a gag like there's a whole narrative arc as you said and honestly i think she steals the show in this film like i think her her moments when she's separate from borat feel like you're watching like an actual movie with a character who has thoughts and feelings and like her own journey. And like you, you kind of like care about her, her journey and all this. Right. So it's, 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 it's an interesting game that it's playing where it's like, it's trying to make a real story, but then it's also trying to be Borat. And I think those things cancel each other out a little bit, but then I'm still constantly like getting engrossed in the story and be like, okay, that's interesting, but it still feels weird that these things are, are going on like that. And, and, and yeah, like the, the woman in the synagogue, I, I had also read stories about, I, so I, I pre knew the, the dedication at the end of the film and all that context. And I had, I had known that she had been in on the joke with how that scene was going to go. And that scene with her in on the joke is not the same scene if that were a real thing and that was her honest to God reaction to him coming into the synagogue dressed like that. Like that woman would be like the most compassionate, caring person on the planet if that was her first reaction to this man coming in like that. And I I think there's too much of this film that is that 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 doesn't feel quote unquote real or like gotcha moments on all these people because I, I it just feels like half the people are are plants or are just already in on the joke. So it's that all that kind of left me just wanting more from it. I still laughed and giggled at certain things. Certain things that you've mentioned already gave me good chuckles, um, but I still couldn't help but think what this is trying to do is not what the first was trying to do, and I just I, it doesn't jive with me the same way. All that being said the very, very end of this film, like the Kaiser Soze moment <laughs> mm. was, was, I just slow clapped as, as it played. Like, I, I just, I love that. I thought that was great. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because logically I can't argue with you. It, it It's funny because this is a common thing that happens with us in movies is you want a specific narrative through line. And it's like, if you can't piece together what is what, then that is distracting. Yeah. And for me, 
I don't know why it works because like you said, a lot of things just feel like random skits. People feel like plants. It even prank is often the wrong word. Like I think very few people get pranked in this movie really. Um, exceptions being, you know, Rudy Giuliani seems like he really did get pranked. I want to believe the, the pastor at the alternative pregnancy center. I want to believe he really thought he was speaking to people in this situation. Um, yeah. But by and large, it didn't feel like a gotcha movie. It didn't feel like it was America. It felt like a comedy being made in a guerrilla style that was looping in regular people. And whether those regular people were having a genuine reaction, believing it to be real, or whether the part of their personality was coming out through how they play act with this person, that didn't really matter to me. It's like the fact that it is Borat and his daughter and a bunch of real people in America during fairly pivotal moments in the last year, um, that all just worked on me extremely well. For instance, one line is the pandemic starts uh it it is shown in the trailer already that he was here when the pandemic hit uh, he goes into shelter in place with a couple very trump fan like people who i even if they were in on the joke and I, according to sasha baron cohen's interviews they were not um, but even if they were they are not acting like trump fans like they are trump fans they are QAnon people for sure um yeah and something about him basically having to live in character for like days on end while he's stuck in a house during a real pandemic with these people. And he's playing it as a comedian, even while the rest of us were genuinely terrified of what was going to happen. There's something just like very fearless about that to me, where the brand of comedy that Sacha Baron Cohen does is fearless. Like it wants to get a reaction it wants to be big and bold and it doesn't seem to care much about personal safety like this is true when he's on stage at a rally shouting things that clearly could be dangerous to him if people turned on him i mean there are many people holding like assault rifles at that event um (laughs) it's true when he rushes into cpac you know that that became a story Uh, that was one of the stories i had seen but it was only a person in a mask, so no one knew it was Sasha Baron Cohen yet, which was kind yeah, of a yeah. great reveal uh, for the Borat movie. Um, which is also like weird. He... I, I, I feel like, like, movie aside, let's pretend I am security at a event of any kind, and there's a disturbance, and the guy is wearing effectively a Halloween mask. In what universe do you let him keep the mask on? <laughs> Like, yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, who just escorts him out? Like, is somebody actually worried that he was the real guy? <laughs> not, not the I, don't, I don't know. It just seems it seems silly to me. But whatever, I digress. Yeah, maybe I, I don't remember. Like, he puts it on in the bathroom, but I don't remember if it's just a mask or if it's like prosthetics with, uh, you know, whatever that gum thing is called. Like the thing that makes you like really really basically glue prosthetics to your face. I'm not sure. That is one thing I was wondering too, when he is in character living at the QAnon people's house is like every morning, is he like in wardrobe for like two hours with his camera crew? And how does the crew not tip off the other people in the house that that's going on? Yeah. Um, anyway, and maybe also, people couldn't rip off his mask. Also, what is, what is the guys under which he was staying with those people with a camera crew? Like in the first film, yeah. he is a journalist who is documenting, like, documenting what it's like to be an American and trying to learn about that. So he could just say, like, hey, I'm from Kazakhstan. 
I'm here as a journalist. Here's my film crew. Can I interview you? It all works. Like the people there have a reason to wonder why they're like when when if I went to a random person at the grocery store and was like, "Hey, uh, can I quarantine with you?" Even in a world where they were like, uh, "You seem cool," and then I was like, "Can these three other guys quarantine with me too?" <laughs> it, it it would quickly. I don't, I don't know. It just seems. It just seems very very strange. Yeah, so I think the reason this movie gets away with it, much like other things of the same nature, is people want to be famous. And I think they will believe very simple explanations if it means they get to be on camera. So my guess is it was, hey, I I know other people were duped by believing that a documentary was being made about like a foreign man uh, that was preparing to like groom his daughter and sell her off to someone in America. Like the the most sympathetic real person in this movie, I would argue, is this uh, babysitter, uh, Janice Jones, yeah. who, again, there are many scenes with just her and Tutar and the camera crew. And the the logical part of my brain goes, how are these emotional moments happening? Because she knows she's like surrounded by cameras and this person is like continuing to heighten the stakes of how terrible her life is. How is she not in on the joke? But apparently she wasn't like, apparently she is mad because she was duped by this movie and she had no idea. And she was worried about the actual Tutar for like weeks and weeks after the film, like wondering (laughs) what happened to her. Um, And so like that makes me think people will fall for this pretty easily. Like when we sit here as kind of armchair viewers, we go, how could you fall for that? Look, it's this guy acting so wacky. And then there's multiple cameras around what's going on you had to be looped in on it but i think when you're in that moment your brain doesn't go to all those places your brain goes into okay um i guess this is life (laughs) i guess this is what i'm doing now yeah Um, yeah. and i think if if sasha baron cohen in his shows and movies shows anything it is the the willingness of people especially americans to adapt to a new situation and act like it is normal like i think that more than any kind of pointed political satire is really what he shows is that like you know he can be walking around a store talking about how many gypsies he can gas with something um his quote i know you know that's maybe an offensive word roma uh, <laughs> as we we should be saying um but anyway when he's having that conversation i don't get the sense when he's having it that a storekeeper answering his question is because he has some like deep hatred of the Roma people. I get the sense that it's like, look at Americans, how they will just roll with anything for the sake of social nicety, for the sake of making a deal, you know, having a business transaction. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is why even if people are faking their reactions in this movie, even if they like suspect a thing, but they're acting a certain way anyway, it still is very funny and very revealing to me because it's just, what would a person do when confronted with this? And the answer is just always hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree on all those points. Like, I I had some fun watching this film. I just, it didn't, it didn't rise to the levels of, like, like, I, like, I didn't watch this and go, like, man, that movie, like, he did some stuff there. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just sort of, how i felt there <laughs> yeah i i felt dirty and it also killed me and kind of made my night so it had the effect of the original barat on me even though i do agree that <laughs> it is doing something very different and it's coming in a very different context yeah um should we talk about giuliani gate 
<laughs> sure. Um, I mean, it's, I feel like if you pay attention to the world, you know about the scene, even if you haven't seen the film. So it's not like it can be exactly a full blown spoilers. Um, but going into this film, I was primed and I knew that there was going to be a scene towards the end of the film that would be compromising, uh, for Rudy Giuliani. Um, and it's not that I was like waiting for it to come. It's just when the story starts to reorient and focus on him as a character uh, that was going to be approached by these two, I was like, okay, well, let's see how far this goes and where it goes. And, and yeah, I was just, I was just ready for anything. And I don't know about how, how you feel, but I thought, I, I don't think it was what I expected it to be. I, I think hmm. like, First off, fuck, fuck Rudy Giuliani. He is a piece of shit human being and he is a horrible person and he deserves whatever backlash should come to him. But I think that especially given the camera angles that that are set up in the room, the choice to specifically cut exactly where they cut and have every line of dialogue delivered where there are no mouths that can be seen. It just it feels like artifice and what is actually shown in the film is really not very much other than a sleazy human being being sleazy. And I, and I, I, right. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of hoopla <laughs> that I have been consuming before watching the film. And then I watched it. I'm like, wait, those six seconds are really everything. Like that's, that's what everybody's been talking about. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, the thing is, I think the scene is very funny and damning enough on its own, but that particular gesture that he makes is not the reason for it. You know, that yeah. it, it's the, it, it's more the fact that he is in this compromising situation and the way he's kind of being, you know, flirtatious with the interviewer. Uh, and you could say that's just being flirtatious in this kind of creepy, semi-fatherly or uncle-y way that he does. Oh, no, it's it's creepy for real. Yeah, it's creepy for real. Yeah, like, it's very uncomfortable. And more uncomfortable and arguably more damning is in this interview, which is, what, early summer that he's giving it, he is talking about coronavirus being manufactured by the Chinese. Like, Like, he's saying terrible things that, to my knowledge, he was not willing to say in public. Like, she got him to say stuff that is very conspiratorial. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I do think that all being overshadowed by like six seconds of, you know, what was he touching? I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. But the other thing I want to say, though, again, going back to the idea of if you view this as like guerrilla filmmaking rather than a prank show, the fact that they managed to make a movie featuring Rudy Giuliani supposedly doing that is hilarious, right? Like, oh, yeah. Not no, because uh, of it's fake crazy. news or whatever, just like they got that footage to look that way. Like that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess for me, it's just one of those things where like, I can't help but think like, release the Borat cut. Like, <laughs> like if anybody's going to try to argue exactly what it was, they have the fucking footage. If it's that, yeah. then just show it, just show it. You can blur it out if you want, but just show it. Like, like it just, it's one of those things where like, I, I, I I'm seeing too much how the sausage is made. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> 
one funny thing too that understandably didn't make it in the movie because of timing reasons uh is uh maria bakalova uh, stayed in character as tutar for months after this in america and she <laughs> continued to have that blog basically being like a reporter for this alt-right news site and she made it to the white house and I uh, interviewed Don Jr. and a few other people. Uh, there's oh, really? footage of her doing this. And it happened like like she made it, I think, to Amy Coney Barrett's uh, uh, the ceremony that was the super spreader event. Uh, so she has been doing this, trying to get, I guess, extra footage maybe for when they make a DVD or something. <laughs> Wait, is the ending of the movie true? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so would, would you be excited, Stephen, for a third Borat film? I don't know, um, only because I think, again, like the Borat trope worked here because it was a throwback. You know, it's been 14 years since the last Borat movie. And the fact that the Borat character no longer fits our time is what made it funny to me. It's like yeah. the fact that they're doing that kind of like 21 Jump Street, where it's just like, how the hell are they making a 21 Jump Street movie? And that was why it was funny. Yeah. Uh, this was the same way for me. And if he tried to just tread the same ground again a year or two from now, I don't, I don't know if I would feel the same way. Um, do I want more Sasha Baron Cohen pulling pranks uh, in America? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I can keep watching that. Uh, but maybe this character should come only once every 10 years or something. Yeah. But they could bring back the This Is America show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely be down for seeing more of this. I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I want more, either more, more full narrative, <laughs> more narrative and budget, or I want just like convince it. Like, I, I want all that footage that you just mentioned. Like, I want, I want all the footage of, of her in character uh, doing all these actual interviews, um, which it, it still blows my mind that those interviews, like, could take place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like what, what little amount of, of, of like credentials do you need to get an interview at the white house in this administration? I know. Well, apparently you just have to be very glowing in your approval of Trump and alt-right. Uh, <laughs> guess, yeah. You just tweeted him and be like, Oh my God, I love you. I'd love to do an interview with you. Yeah. You, you should find there. It's pretty easy to find stories about it. It seems like she managed to just say, Oh, I, I remember also, um, someone let her in without a COVID test saying like, yeah, we're supposed to do these, but whatever. <laughs> oh, Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. They were as lax as we think they are. Oh man. I guess this is a good time to announce that uh, Don Jr. will also be on next week's episode of the spoiler warning when we review. <laughs> we got him. Legacy. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> uh, I kid, I kid. Um, uh, but yeah, so any last thoughts on this uh, film, Stephen? I do. It's a silly conceit, but I find it funny watching Sasha Baron Cohen in nested disguises, like him playing Borat, <laughs> playing a hillbilly. <laughs> it, you know, he sometimes loses the intermediate accent when he's doing that, but it's like, it's awkward enough that it's still there. And I, I enjoy the idea that even when he is trying to genuinely fool these like QAnon people he's living with, he still can't just do the voice. He has to do the voice tinged with the Borat voice. Yeah. Um, I, I find that very funny. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, because in This Is America, he was doing like full-blown characters that were supposed to be yeah. indistinguishable. And yeah, it is a different level of performance when you're trying to be this guy dressed as these other guys. 
Um, yeah, like this guy basically is the same as a... I think he's in a wheelchair in Who is America. He shows up a few times um, when he's interviewing people. Like, very similar prosthetics, very similar hair. But this has the added fake Kazakh stash, like, Yiddish voice underneath it that just made it extra silly to me, but that also made it extra funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, well should we get to verdicts for this film, Stephen? Sure. Um... So, Stephen, if you're going to give us a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for until pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? This is one of those cases where I think our rating system is misnamed, because I do believe this is a must-see movie. Like, I think that this is a cultural event, right? And when else are you going to get something made in a guerrilla style during the pandemic in the U.S.? You know, like, it, it is just a thing to see, Um Quality wise, though, I like I have to push it down to recommend with a caveat, like even while I found it very, very funny and very uncomfortable, I do think it's taken a lot of shortcuts. It's lazy. Again, I'll drop probably it's for sure problematic and insensitive (laughs) about a variety of things. I know that that is the point, but that also is not a thing that I think will age well. I think when when our collective insanity dies down and we look back at this as we would have looked back at comedy, like in normal times, I think we would say, yeah, probably didn't need a couple of those jokes. Um, so I don't think this will be very time tested, but I think for right now, this is a movie that you have to watch. Um, yeah. As, as I stated at the beginning of, of my portion of this review, um, I, I don't have the fondness that everybody else seems to have. I'm going to give this a wait for rental. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, but I think it lacks the teeth that uh, that his costume donned in the <laughs> in the synagogue. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just love that visual. Like I don't care if it's real or not. It just made me laugh it's, so much. There's a lot of stuff going on in that costume that he creates. <laughs> like a lot, a lot, a lot. Like it goes beyond offensive, and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is very fortunate that he is a Jewish man. Otherwise, this would be deeply, deeply not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is our review of Borat: Subsequent Movie Film, Delivery of Prestigious Bride to American Regime to for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Um, <laughs> Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, at subsequent movie film, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's it for now. Um, we will be back later with more reviews, and we're still trickling out some reviews for things that we watch during festivals um so stay tuned for all of those in the feeds maybe some of those will come out by the time these (laughs) reviews come out like on the rocks did this weekend um but uh yeah thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next time bye bye